Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast number 29. Yeah, we're almost at 30. This is the last podcast for November. And the guest of today is Michele Di Molfetta. He is my youngest guest so far. He is not even 18, he's 17. Uh, so it was a little uh, difficult interview for me because I uh, needed to think a little bit about how to deal with him because he's very young, but he's he was so mature in the interview and was super interesting. So Michele, it's um, a young DJ. So we have discussed uh, his own way to become a DJ, if it's still popular to be a DJ, and how he approached um, his process right now when everything is closed, there are no events due to the COVID-19 virus. And yeah, so if you want to know more about the DJ world and uh, mixing songs, which we haven't explored yet in this podcast, this is the place to go. And yeah, and I want to thank you one more time for the support so far, because you've been great and amazing and you have uh, listened a lot, you have uh, supported a lot the social media channels and you can still do that because the podcast is for free. So just uh, go whether on Facebook or LinkedIn, typing the Creative Insider and following the pages or Instagram, which is for now our main channel, so to say, which is at TCI Podcast. It's just a couple of seconds. Go and check, click follow if you like the podcast. And if you're listening on any platform where you can subscribe or give some rates, of course, subscribe and give some great rates if you like the show to support a little the algorithm so it's possible to grow. So thank you very much and enjoy the podcast with Michele Di Morfetta. Just like that. Hello, Michele. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How about you? I'm doing great. I mean, great for what is possible in this crazy COVID times, Obviously. you know. Yeah, it's a problem um, for everyone. It's like a very crazy and um, it's very exhausting, but um, it hope, hopefully it will get better. Now there are some vaccines coming, so it will get better soon, I hope. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone hopes it will get better, for both for their social lives and, and for their jobs. So, Yeah. Uh, Michele, you are. Um, I was thinking because I think every time before I record a podcast, so what is the particularity of a of a guest? You're the youngest guest of the podcast so far, and I didn't think that we. Go I'm honored. Uh, so, for the people who don't know you, you can tell a little bit about yourself. All right. So I'm a 17 year old uh, DJ from Italy, from uh, Milan. And I've been so for basically more than two years. And uh, yeah, I've DJed over different places in Italy and also outside Italy uh, for now. So uh, I'm still waiting to see so what the future you, has to. Yeah. So you started when you were 16? Uh, no, yeah, 15, 15. Yeah. Yeah, I started in yeah. the summer while I was having a, a summer job, you know, uh, one of those jobs that everyone has in 
in their teen years and I was working in the in the backstage of the concerts for for radio DJ at, at Riccione which is a, a a seaside town in Italy for the people who don't know and um, I just saw the console on the stage and I, I guess I was really attracted to it and and having my music being played on really loud speakers and that kind of attracted me to follow to pursue this whole career yeah yeah well uh, it's very spontaneous how, how how came the opportunity for this podcast because um a lot of my guests uh, comes from social media mm-hmm. and then um I wanted it's called the creative insider because it's I'm I'm an architect but I want to explore you know the different uh, fields of creativity and I didn't have uh, I w- I wanted I knew at some point I wanted to do something with uh, music with uh, DJs but I haven't you know I I haven't any idea who could be and you know the only names I knew were super big names so I thought oh before mm. I manage yeah to to get some of those names i need to i need to work a lot at the podcast yeah let's say scale up yeah yeah scale up and then i it's it's so it it came organically because i saw a picture of you with the roma uh as roma (laughs) like t-shirt and i was like is is he a fan and then we started talking and it's uh very interesting unfortunately Um, yeah unfortunately i'm just what italians call a, a zarro so I don't follow any of those <laughs> uh, football teams or anything. I just like the style. So, fortunately, yeah, yeah. that attracted <laughs> well, me. That, that was what you, what you call it in Milano, in Milan. In, in Rome, yeah, say Tamaro, let's say. <laughs> ah, Buri, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I think in uh, different dialects you have uh, uh, yeah. different words for that. Um, but, you know... Uh, I wanted to let's let's tackle directly the elephant in the room because mm-hmm. for me it was interesting you know like um I mean it's fascinating that you started uh, so young and for me it's also fascinating that you were working um as a service guy in the <laughs> DJ concerts yeah. um but uh, I think DJ in your family it's sort of you know like a, a family a family business so, so to say yeah, definitely. Uh, art in general, really. Uh, on my mother's side, it was more visual art with my mo- uh, with my grandma, and uh, on my side, obviously, there is my dad, who has been a DJ for basically thirty years, and and my my uncle, uh, who has been a DJ, I mean, since forever, and he still is. So yeah, music has to has always been a um, has always played a major role in my both my life and the one of my whole family. So I've always been included in in this kind of field, you know, since I was young. Yeah, and and uh, your your dad and your uh, your uncle, they're like uh, famous radio uh, like people. So um, I was wondering, is it really like that? You got really interested when you experienced live this uh, backstage of uh, these DJ events. Or before ready by seeing what they were doing, you were attracted because um, for me it was also interesting this uh, other side of the whole deal because I I've, I don't know sometimes we kids that try to be you know different as much as possible from our parents so I was wondering if you had like a a sort of rejection first to this and then you find sort of your side way to love it or how was it for you. 
Yeah, it's kind of a battle I've been always fighting in my head since forever, and I still am. Because, I mean, especially in, in the confused years of a teenager, you know, it's, uh, it's something you really tend to think about. Uh, such as, you know, you tend to think about whether you should look like your dad or or whether you want to be something else. And I've always thought about being something else because I didn't want to be always the copy of my dad, you know, or or kind of also challenge him in some way because, you know, the, the role of the dad is... I don't want to get too deep deep into it but you know it's kind of um he kind of feels like like god into a into my eyes you know like every father does into his his son's eyes so it's kind of like i both want to look like him but i don't want to challenge him in his in his own field so you know it's uh it's always been very complicated when uh, when thinking about uh, this subject about whether looking or or being something different than my dad but in the end i kind of fell into it you know uh i kind of fell into this whole music scene uh with uh with djing and everything so it kind of became it, it kind of was a natural process which i chose instead of uh, him implying it to me so uh yeah i i kind of basically appreciate now who he is instead of asking myself uh, whether I should look or ha- look like him or, or anything like this, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think that uh, it's about a matter of looking like him. It's just because, you know, you're doing this with uh, several decades. Uh, um, yeah. Like a difference in... in- in, in in your age, of so course. the way music uh, looks like nowadays, it's very different. No, no, uh, yeah, it's totally different. And uh, but I imagine it like I always think like for example, if I don't know if I were the the kid of uh, I don't know Cristiano Ronaldo was playing soccer, uh, even if I wasn't so I mean if I were good but not super good, I would always have like a a person that's inside of the best of the best who can give me good advice advices mm. to get yeah uh, to get better as much as i can or better quicker or give you some tips that are you know top top end so i think you're yeah. lucky enough to have um to have your family relatives that can help you with that yeah uh, my dad being who he is and having an uncle who who is who he is has always been kind of a, both a blessing and a, and a disadvantage because you know the blessing is we all know it he can give me the connections and he can give me his knowledge but the disadvantage is kind of that the fact that he overshadows me you know uh, both in the social life and uh, in a, in a career so i've uh, i've always maintained kind of limits to to how much help i i wanted to wanted him to give me so i i I always prepared myself for a life of independence, you know, with uh, with this DJ career, you know, because um, yeah, it can it can also it doesn't it doesn't sound like it, but it can be difficult even for the son of of Linus, you know, it's things that are yeah, yeah, hard so. to to understand. Yeah, just so to mention, because you mentioned your dad is like uh, Linus or Linus in English, so he's a famous yeah. uh, TV uh, the radio host, and your uncle is his brother Albertino, who is also, um, yeah, it's a famous and uh, it's the most probably entertaining DJ still <laughs> on radio in mm-hmm. Italy. Uh, but um, another thing I was thinking, a part of this whole topic, 
speak about your family. I was thinking that now, like I'm 28 years old, so I'm 10 years uh, older, 11 years older than you. And I have also a brother who's 18. And I was thinking that when I was your age, a lot of my friends were DJs. And <laughs> I was wondering in 10 years, now it's more like when I was that age, to us were very, you know, the top of the charts were David Guetta, were mm. uh, Afrojack, were Tiesto. And uh, I was, now it's all this trap music. So is it still like, are, are you feeling like it's not cool anymore to be DJs or it's still, it's different <laughs> how it looks like? Because I'm not into it anymore. So I, I was wondering also this thing. This, this of course. Stop. No, I, I totally understand. And unfortunately, in my opinion, it's really not that cool anymore to be a DJ basically because of the fact that as you mentioned everyone's everyone wants to be a DJ because even though uh, you know once you see a mixer for the first time you might be scared uh, by seeing all those buttons it kind of fascinates you and you kind of understand immediately that it might not be as difficult as certain people put it to be so kind of everyone's everyone thinks there is an easy way to become this cool uh, pop star or, or anything well you know it's as difficult as becoming a professional footballer in the end so yeah everyone wants to be a DJ the fact that everyone does just kind of makes it more plain more kind of more boring you know like yesterday my my one of my friends told me oh yeah yeah uh, like Last year, everyone was telling me uh, uh, that they were DJs and I wasn't getting faced at all by that fact. So, I mean, faced too, because like I was thinking, like, really, isn't is it really not that cool to be a DJ? You know, and unfortunately, the thing is, if you want to be a DJ, you have to be different. That's the main thing, because just being a DJ doesn't make you a, a cool person or, or anything, it just makes you a a person that likes music, you know, that's what I think about it. Yeah, I mean, um, because I'm asking you that because I was um, I, I really when I was your age, every I had a lot of friends that were trying to be DJs and they were even like memes back in the days, like where mm. there was, uh, I don't know, each uh, year 2030 and like one di guy's got, is dying and somebody says, is there a doctor here? And everybody says, DJ, DJ, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> everybody were DJs back in the days. Um, <laughs> and well, I'm asking you because uh, you're you're very young and you're doing, you're starting, you're approaching this uh, well world. And um, what... Well, let's let's be like more chronological. So a few years ago, you were working, you were doing like the the hardcore jobs for teenagers. Yeah, you, in tutto fare. Yeah, the the guys that fill everything, and then um, you, you decided you're interested into starting into this world. And what was your first step to 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 start like from zero, from scratch? <laughs> well, um. To go back with the uh, with the concept with the with the subject about my dad, you know, uh, when my coworkers heard me put the music, they really liked it because it was kind of a breath of fresh air because it was music that they didn't hear. Also because of my, you know, my English education has always pushed me to to listen to music that is outside of Italy, you know. Um, so they they liked this new music, 
and they told this uh, this other DJ who's also a, a radio host, Wad um, Caporosso. I'm not. I don't, um, and to to put music at a discotheque called uh, La Baia Imperiale, and even there, people saw my 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 good taste in music. And that kind of pushed me, you know, seeing all the people dance and my music just being full blown in in the discotheque just made me really push to to pursue this career. But in the end, that was kind of more thanks to my to my father, you know, to my father figure. So I kind of took a step back and did did things myself. And uh, yeah, like in September of that same year. I uh, I did some events by myself. I I was able to organize myself with uh, with some friends and uh, for like certain things like charity events and things. I, I did you know something events that I wouldn't even be paid for, but that in the end, you know, they they all help. They all help. Yeah. So the start is basically doing things for free, you know, and it is still doing things for free for me, but. Uh, Less less uh, frequently, let's say. So, but yeah. um, but also what I meant, not only on the side like getting these gigs, but like really technically the moment you decided that um, you wanted to try out, did you have already some knowledge about how to, you know, play the music, how to mix it for the clubs where you were uh, going? Or yeah. Or you needed uh, to do like a one-on-one for that? I mean, it's very quickly to understand how, yeah. because when you listen to music on Spotify, it's different. Yeah, the interesting thing is that um, the the basically one week that I had between me DJing for, uh, you know, um, not actually DJing, because when I was on the stage of, uh, of the concerts that I was talking about where I uh, used to work, I was basically changing the music with on Spotify with my phone which was connected to the mixer so that wasn't at all any any technique and after that when they told me I had to play actual music in a discotheque I got really scared and I didn't know how to mix so I downloaded an application on on the phone um, uh, for DJs and I was convinced that I knew how to DJ once I once I knew how to use that barely and that obviously was so to the discotheque in front of all the people who were dancing all the music and basically the DJ DJ Vales he basically explained to me how to use the console right in front of people I mean at least the 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 basics and he was helping me throughout obviously so yeah it was very improvised for me I, I see I see and so you got this uh a very quick introduction technically and then um when you were doing these uh, gigs was where the the whole gear was the whole gear from the clubs or did you started also gearing up to you know have your own i don't know what for example what kind of technical gear you think you need to start djing like uh for example if you want to be at home start trying something or mm-hmm. what do you need yeah Okay, so the main problem with uh, with gear is money. Uh, unfortunately, gear is really expensive, and a free application on on your smartphone won't help at all with getting used to the things that uh, get you to to play at events. So basically, 
sure if you're aware with the, the company Pioneer, which makes uh, all sorts of uh, music uh, apparatus. Um, um, so basically, you you should get a Pioneer mixer because that's uh, that's the best option at the start to get really into the DJ world. Because otherwise, like me, uh, for my birthday I was given a Denon DJ uh, mixer, which is one of another um, uh, uh, company. Which at first sight they might look like the same mixer. But in the end, there's so many small uh, details which uh, really kind of uh, uh, differ them one from the other. So, yeah, the main problem is money, and you need to get the you need to talk it talk about it with uh, with the DJ before before starting to get your gear because it's really some uh, a big risk if you spend money on on stuff that you don't know anything about, you know. Okay. And so you got this mixer for your birthday, but did you ever use it, or you just went uh, to to no, get no. the real deal? No, no, I use it every day. I still use it, and uh, also because it wasn't uh, any mixer, it was a really good mixer, even though it wasn't the main the main brand mixer that everyone uses. Um, but apart from that, yeah, I I used it every day, and I got used to that. And unfortunately, the fact that even though I was good at using that mixer, kind of made me not used to the the main brand mixers that are in the discotheque which led me to do a very embarrassing moment in a discotheque once which we can get to later but um what i was uh thinking about is um uh like just to be more specific because uh also like the idea is also to to help like for example other listeners that might be interested in i don't know trying to be DJs themselves uh, what is this starting budget for this first mixer which is okay for a beginner mm, okay so there's there are mixers that go for 100 euros so you're not gonna spend less than 100 euros if you want speakers that's uh, I'd say another 100 euros but even the one that is 100 euros is really a small piece of, a piece of plastic in the end so you can get used to that but you know I'd consider getting one around the 250 euros mark because that's kind of at least more dis decent, even though it's really n not really. It's more about skill, but at the start, I'd get uh, uh, around the 200 euros for, for the mixers and, and 100 for the speakers, let's say. And with this gear, could you do like some small gigs, like, I don't know, do a DJ for a birthday or for something like that? Yeah, of course. Uh, it really doesn't take much. You, you connect it to, to your computer, and on the computer you see all the data of the music. And uh, you just, it's, it's very simple, the, the, the gear that, that goes for 200 euros. So definitely, I mean, you can put it in your backpack almost. So it doesn't take really much. Yeah, no, I was asking because I was thinking also, like, for example, uh, I mean, currently it's obviously also not the best time to try to become a DJ as events and gatherings are of not course. <laughs> allowed. <laughs> but, but I was wondering, like, because, for example, I'm passionate about photography and, um, you know, photography is something like uh, being a DJ. For example, you might love it and do your own mix just for yourself. 
or as I take pictures for myself or do like, uh, I, you know, professional photography. And for example, if you buy a camera that's just for yourself, it costs, uh, let's say, I don't know, two, three hundred euros. And if you buy a camera that it's supposed to make you work, it can be at least thousand and more. So like I'm asking this because if people need to buy something that, for example, they want to do little small gigs to earn money, uh, it doesn't make sense to buy 100 because then you need to buy another one for 250 and then mm. the other, the end price will be 350. So this was in my, in my mind, like it was interesting and I don't have any clue about about you know mixers and djs so that's why you're on the podcast so now i'm gonna be yeah, more yeah yeah I'm more ed- educated you're kind because of I, I, yeah yeah because your my question might be very very basic and i really like trying to be to play it also a little dumb so that it really literally people who don't know anything about it can, mm-hmm. can learn something and um so what 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 did you and once you had the gear what do you need what did what did you needed to learn about how to mix music? Because I also was thinking, uh, I'm, I guess that as a DJ, you need to, of course, you know, have your style of music, which you apparently have had in the beginning already. But also, you know, have some. Do you need to have some musical knowledge to know how to, you know, mix and, you know, blur between one song and the other, or if it's called blur or whatever yeah it's kind of the the image of a dj is of a of a very ignorant person which is not always the case you know because uh to dj you don't really need much musical knowledge to be honest uh the musical knowledge that you need actually revolves more about uh more around you know uh how cultured you are because um everyone knows the four beats and everything and how to time it you know it's it's not really it, it's kind of more the, the the musical knowledge you need is kind of more for producing but for starting to be a dj it's it really doesn't take anything the more knowledge you you have prior to being a dj the better you'll be you'll be starting off um so yeah uh, it's kind of more about you being cultured with music you know you being more open minded with music because i'd say the the most important thing for a dj is really knowing you know numerous genres and uh, and things like that being cultured uh, because otherwise you're going to be always really closed minded and not only uh, not ready for events and but also you know not a good DJ. That's what I believe. And so, when you started to do your first mix, like uh, let's say because you were performing, of course, as you said, and some uh, gigs uh, once in a while, or I don't know with which fre- frequency. I guess when it was summer, it was more often, and when it wasn't summer, was not that mm-hmm. often. But the the things that you did at home for yourself to self teach you also um is it how it works so you create this mix and can you execute it just right away when you go on the stage or you just learn how to perform it and then you perform it on stage if you know what i mean yeah um it kind of at the start it's more about almost memorizing how how you're gonna do it and then it kind of becomes you're so uh used to using the mixer and so 
used to hearing those songs and you know you have good knowledge of how those songs play and how they work that in the end you just go to the to the event and it's kind of more of an improvisation process instead of memor having all the whole set memorized because at the start you know you have that fear of what the 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 people might think so you're gonna want to memorize everything every 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 change in song to uh, to avoid any any mistakes and everything and that's natural because i did the same thing but now i'm in, i'm in a stage where i don't need that anymore i'm more improvised when i when i play even though i don't play uh, from a long time because of this whole situation and what is the preparation for your um, for your events? You just need to set up your playlist in the order of the songs you want them to be played, and then you start a playlist and you you know mix along. Or how it's how does it work the process? Yeah, that's in uh, in the case of uh, of you knowing for certain how the the uh, the audience is at a at a place you're gonna. Uh, put a certain type of playlist with certain types of uh, of songs or genres. Instead, if you go to a place where you're not really certain of how uh, the people are going to react to certain genres, you're going to want to put a much wider uh, scale of music because you kind of need to look at the audience once you're there and understand from the way they move, the way, the, the dress, they, uh, the clothes they they wear, uh, what music they might like, so it's uh, it's not always a, a good thing to to have a, only one genre of music prepared because in some cases you just don't know what the audience might like, even though you know, uh, yeah. Okay, so you prepare, I guess, a couple of options, let's say, or yeah, depends on how. Yeah, let's. Uh, I mean, is every time every time you perform you. Like um, I uh, try to explain it. So, for example, if you have performed like five times, and you have prepared for like all the events, like two, two, three, let's say mm, playlist. So these playlists they they pile up sort of. So, like when you go on your sixth event, you have eighteen options, or is it like you keep those two, three? Uh, well, obviously, it's uh, it's not like it could be uh, you could find anyone in front of you, so it's not like you have to have uh, tons of options in your play in your in your USB. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a better option. It's a better choice if you if you have a more than a few more than a few genres. You know, uh, yeah, that's uh, to put it simply. I think that in in a more advanced stage of uh, career of a DJ, when you are like more affirmed and you have a certain style, basically, mm -hmm. then you don't have this problem because the people who are in, like um, giving you the the gig and the event, they are, they know you and they base the event on you and and not the exactly. Opposite, I guess. Yeah, uh, after after a certain point in your career, which I'm not yet. I have not yet arrived to, unfortunately. Um, it's kind of not you chasing the the audience anymore, but the audience chasing you. So uh, it's not a case of you having to understand what the audience has to play, uh, what the audience ha wants, 
kind of. You still have to do it, but not as one uh, uh, as it was once. But you know, it's kind of more the clubs which fit more your style, which which call you. So it's kind of more the people who who want to see your, who want to feel your style, who who follow you at that stage. And um, when you started doing these events, I mean, um, you said you've been also to some clubs, to some, I don't know, uh, events for charity, charity events. Um, were people, you know, like some little bit skeptical because of your young age? Like, uh, oh my God, this guy going to mess up here? Or how, how did the, your sort of clients perceive you? With DJing, I don't think it's uh, it's always about the age. You know, you could find a forty-year-old DJ who who doesn't know even him. You know how to how to play and what to play. You know, so uh, for example, at um, at birthday parties like eighteen eighteenth birthday parties, you know, they were happy to see a person of my age because they knew that I knew what they wanted. Uh, instead, if it was Four-year-old, maybe he would have taken a more serious route to to the music being played, you know, or or kind of misinterpret what they wanted. But it's not always the case, you know. Uh, being my age, uh, I think it's uh, it's not that much of a problem uh, to to understand uh, for the audience because it's I've never seen anyone who who looked at me in a strange way because of of my age. Oh yeah, I guess the the whole setup is pretty young, so it's it's um, yeah, it's not. I I I now that you were talking about it, I am just remembering like the last time I was in a club myself. Uh, I was here in 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 Frankfurt, and um, my friends mostly like you know '90s party and once, mm-hmm. but we like this club which has this huge terrace. I mean, if you want, you can Google it. It's called Adlib in, in Frankfurt. And you have this terrace in summer. You can see the whole skyline because Frankfurt looks a little bit like a small Manhattan. And um, and uh, we we didn't go once on the 90s party. We went on a, some other kind of party, regular one. And I noticed that the people were so young that I was like, okay, definitely, yeah, this is my last <laughs> my last time I'm coming yeah. to a regular party because here I just yeah, also, too old. <laughs> yeah, also my brother has complained to me about the same problem. He's 24, so yeah, he's also been scared a few times of, of being in, in that type of audience in the middle of those people. But whatever. No, I, I was twenty. I, I'm twenty eight, and I, I know that sounds like. I mean, I, I'm not old, of course. I'm like, it's okay. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I think that nowadays the the switch of uh, generation is so big that um, mm. that it's crazy. For example, you know, sometimes I I'm afraid also because uh, there are so many new. Uh, I mean, with music, it's okay. I listen readily. Like for like, sometimes I feel embarrassed because I listen also to very uh, like music which is uh, new and for young for younger people. But um, sometimes I think, uh, for example, in that club I experience like the way people were dressing or uh, yeah the the new. For example, sometimes people use new social media. I'm like, oh no, I cannot do that. It's no, it's too different for me. Yeah, there's such a there's such a difference. Uh, even like it, just a few years are enough to to totally separate um, 
not a generation, but like a group of um, of youngsters from another because it's it, it's kind of also not social media's fault, but it's yeah in this in the end it's kind of is social media's fault uh, for for how much of a difference there is between between groups of uh, of youngsters because it's it doesn't really take much time for for a group of uh, uh, of people of an age to like something that is totally different from an, another group of people for, of another age you know like people who are 14 i mean 14 who are 15 like totally other things than than me who i'm 17 uh, but I, that's also taking into account that you know uh, every year counts a lot at this age so it, it, prior to media existing so yeah but it's not only social media it's just the culture because for example um i told you i have a younger a younger brother that's like one year older than you are mm-hmm. and then and uh, he posted something on on instagram like a couple of days ago that about uh, like a meme about friends the tv show and then my girlfriend was like really you watch that one and then i was talking to her this morning and i was thinking uh, can you imagine that like and we are re-watching How I Met Your Mother because she never watched it. And there are some jokes in that show that are so like preposterous if you do them nowadays about uh, I don't know, yeah. people, that's, about that's sex, about problem. girls. Yeah, like yeah, as if they, then, they like if they would uh, like republish the 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 Family Guy series, they it would be taken off after two seconds if they would do that now. You know, it's uh, the world changed. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like. If you check like How I Met Your Mother, which is like 10 years ago, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking that, for example, you guys, you have never like, I don't think there was a part of, yeah, in Italy, we have these shows like Gomorrah, but they, worldwide recently, there were no like shows which are like, you know, very popular and they release on a weekly basis that you need to wait for the next episode. It just mm-hmm. doesn't exist anymore. And there are so, so many things like that, which for me are obvious. But when I think like, um, you guys has never ne- have never experienced, and that's why it was interesting to me to talk to you because, for example, as I told you, DJ, I don't know if it's um, it's that in and cool like it was ten years ago, but mm. uh, you as someone that's younger, what is in your opinion like a reinterpretation or what would be the difference in the future, or do you have any specific idea or how you want to do it? in your style uh uh, my style is i'm trying to bring back what um my view of the 90s or the 70s without the 80s i don't know why but the 80s i'm just gonna keep them aside um of what my view of the 90s or and the 70s were like you know um it's kind of i prefer that type of music because i feel like it is more more original and more warm you know it's uh, it just has something to it which might also connect to, to my my uncle but i don't know it's just something about it that um makes me want to pursue more that type of style instead of uh, of the classic reggaeton dj or whatever with no hate against them but you know it's just that i pre- my preferences are a little bit more boomer like you know if if you want to talk like whatever so and uh so what kind 
what kind of music do you do you play do you play like new music or you know like some music from the years from the decades uh, you just mentioned uh, yeah yeah um so until now i had always put uh until now until months ago i had always put uh only like current house music you know but i always felt like it was kind of too not too loud but it was too much for the ear and uh it, it was just uh, so such an electronic sound that it kind of became not warm anymore i don't know how to explain it it's kind of the same effect you get from listening to a, a vinyl rather than a spotify song you know um so i kind of decided now to to just go for 90s house music and uh and not that much techno but mainly house music and uh, preferably not the commercial side of it like rhythm is a dancer they just just <laughs> that's kind of uh too played out but whatever um so yeah 90s house music and 70s disco that's uh, that's what i'm heading for right now but it will change because it's going back to the point that i am a 17 year old um tastes change in fact uh, uh you know i might even try something a bit risky in the future like try to uh, to go for more for like a, a DJ Cool Herc uh, style of uh, of mixing, which for ones who don't know is more like mixing like uh, like bongo type music from James Brown, you know, uh, Grandmaster Flash kind of. To put it simply, you know, uh, very quick mixes, you know, scratching and all that, you know, so. I don't want to get too much in de- into detail because otherwise I'm gonna it's gonna be so, too confusing for for the listeners. Yeah, I mean it's uh, well you can you can get complicated, but you need to to take us to a journey where you start explaining yeah. the technical steps. <laughs> um, but do you ever like um, mix? I don't know. For example, one song which is uh, for, first of all you you mentioned this whole you know it's sort of niche like um, songs from you said the 90s the 70s uh, how did you research uh, or this this music did you you know just by having at home music constantly you got to know this music or you were yourself curious and you went to search for this music yeah uh, one of the blessings of having such a father is you know, having a, a giant record collection. So uh, I basically told him to every three days to uh, to dig out something new from it. Uh, and me and him, we we spend good times together, uh, digging out some uh, uh, some some vinyls from his collection. And you know, listening to them, I kind of found out a world which was much more elegant than than what we have now because discotheques now are are much more kind of more for kids you know and and listening to the music that he uh, that he had in in his uh, in his storage kind of opened the world to me you know and it wasn't it wasn't even music that I'd hear in the in the car with him it was music that he kind of kept hidden you know so it was a nice discovering process for me and did it happen like uh, like during your like so to say life once like uh, it was more a constant process and then 
<laughs> like suddenly when you decided you're gonna try to be a DJ, it was suddenly a good knowledge for you, or just then when you thought it's nice to be a DJ, you started doing this process. No, actually, for for me, vinyls in general. I mean, I had already tested with them, but vinyls in general were kind of a discovery during the the quarantine period. It's so much time for me and with nothing to do apart from online lessons, which no one attended, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, it kind of just became a daily thing almost to just, uh, it was just a, such a big curiosity to know what was hidden in there, you know, and there's certain, certain vinyls, which my father didn't want me to hear. I don't know why. It just, it kind of felt like, um, I don't know. It, it felt like going against the current for for people of my age, you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a nice process, which made me discover a new a new style, a new way to be me, you know. And in fact, now it is me because it's uh, incorporated into me the, all this music that I've discovered through my father, and and consequently that I've kept on digging for through Spotify and various DJ websites. And this is exactly what I was uh, thinking when you were telling me this uh, story, because, for example, um, for you, the acceptance of kind of music, it's kind of easier because it comes from, from your dad and then you have this relationship and then you, you like it and it's a good, um, let's say, occasion for you to have a good time. But when you, did you ever play this then? So you you played this sort of music and playlist and mix, so did, which you do to, for your friends. How was, how was their reaction to it? Were they like, oh, dude, this is stupid? Or they were like, oh, this is actually also cool. We like it too. You, you, mean, you mean with vinyls? Uh, in, well, in general, with the music you were mixing, because you said you like to mix also music from the 90s, so uh, uh, sure. in your own yeah. way. And then I was thinking you have friends which are your age or around your age. How do they perceive you mixing this kind of music instead of, I don't know, the latest yeah, they're part not, of working? <laughs> yeah, they're not very um, pro, let's say, because it's uh, it's something that kind of happened out of nowhere, so they weren't used to me listening to that kind of music and out of nowhere they find this Michele which went from from listening to rap specifically current uh, current rap to listening to 90s house and 70s disco you know so it kind of changed their view about me but it wasn't they they were supporting yeah but it's not like they bullied me about it it's just that they they were kind of weirded out about this, you know. It was uh, it was strange also because at my age, almost no one has the same taste as me. I'm not trying to act like the special kid, but you know, they were just not used to having knowing anyone that listened to this uh, type of music. No, but it's not about uh, I don't know bragging that you're special. It's just you know because. Really, for example, I have experienced this in my life. I, I've studied architecture, but nobody of my family is architect. So you know, I needed to discover everything myself, do my mm -hmm. own, uh, do my own, own errors, uh, go through my own struggles. 
And if I ever if if I ever had a kid that wants to become an architect, first of all, I'm gonna tell them not to do it <laughs> because it's very hard. But also, I would be you know I would help them as with my experience. So it's it's obvious that you have simply for for family fact or not because it's your fault or something the access to this sort of music that, for example, I wouldn't think about going to listen. Um, and um, but when you were doing these uh, gigs as a DJ in the events, uh, did you did you play also this kind of music, or then for that you propose something more commercial, more actual, more from nowadays? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I I had to put more things that were more uh, more commercial, both um, current and both for the 90s because if I wanted to put 90s music it had to be commercial because otherwise it was just too niche for for the occasions unfortunately so um but I had tried a few times to uh, to put uh, my type of music and uh their reaction wasn't even that negative it was uh, uh it was pretty it was pretty good but in the end they kind of is a process also of, uh, of understanding what your friends really just don't want to hear. So if they just don't want to hear that and I, and I could see it in their eyes, they, you know, they, it was better to put other type of music, but it, it's not a problem to me. It, it was just testing with my friends to see whether they like the same music as me. As me. And, and do you think, is there, is there any way like to do a mix where you take some of the, this past music and some of the actual, like, modern music that's currently being yeah. listened and to create something new in the sense of mixing uh, basically vintage music and and new music together like in live or or actually making yeah yeah song so out. that you can sort of push down the throne <laughs> the music you like to the listeners and actually make them like it because you make wrap it in this uh, yeah um, let's say that Making a new song out of an old song for me, like remixing or anything, is always a process which I never really liked. Like I kind of always like to keep keep it original. You know, it's it, it's also because I've always liked to. I was I was always more attracted to the history behind the music instead of always just the music itself and how it sounded. So I've always kept it more original. And for me, I'd like to remix certain songs. But it's kind of like it takes away that magic. So I've kind of always chosen to stay away from that. So if I produce a song, I I, I do it with uh, with with without touching the vintage, you know, because it kind of ruins that magic for me. And that's just personal, obviously. And um, you said you've done uh, some events, and I was wondering, uh, w w did you? in the end do some events which were also paid or you always did like a sort of pro bono to learn no 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 i i did get paid and um it was actually you know big money for a 17 year old uh for a 17 year old specifically um but you know uh, it's not always like you i i want to get paid it's uh, uh Sometimes it's kind of more it, the concentration goes more on more on on just having fun instead of just uh, the end result of money. You know, it's uh, 
but there were occasions such as playing. I, you know, I played in the in, in the Maldives Islands for uh, uh, for Barioni Resort, which is a which is a, a resort, and uh, I did get paid there. So that was really nice. It was pretty. It, it made me feel professional. But it's not always that that part of DJing that is the goal. You know, at least not for me. Um, yeah, of course I understand that, and um, it's a passion. Of course, um, and if you don't do it out of you know need to survive. But um, yeah. the idea also behind this uh, podcast is also to you know, um, for example, I, you're very young, and I, I mean, I, when I was your age, I was thinking uh, very similar to you because I was, for example, also already start studying in a school of arts, and yeah, thinking that I would do anything to learn. Um, but you know, it, I think it's like you do it for you for for your passion, and that's uh, cool. And then you spend time, and then you learn a skill that nobody it's uh, not, not nobody, but not everybody can do. And then you do these events where people are actually you know taking money for the events because there are people uh, attending. And so for me, it's good that you get paid just because mm -hmm. for the for the principle, you know, because. Uh, I've grew up in Italy, although I have a background from Bulgaria, and now I'm in Germany. And I grew up with this wrong idea, which it was at least in my circle in Italy, in Rome, that you know, getting paid is something that you know you, you do work, but money are not really <laughs> needed. But it's actually needed. It's even if they don't pay mm -hmm. you much, but they pay you. It's still you know, it's a, um, stimulates you to do more because later. Yeah. Uh, or or other people they will I mean for the simple fact that you can level up you can uh, take other gear you can do more event or you can enjoy yourself and be more creative you know like I don't know having money it's it's nice <laughs> no matter yeah, no of matter. course of course uh, as you said I don't need it because uh, I you know uh, I come from a good background but it's it's more also of a psychological concept about you know getting uh getting paid because in the end it kind of does push you no it does that's definitely pushes you to to do more because it's a great feeling and it's really you know dopamine you know in the end so it's so yeah I understand. yeah it pushes I understand you to, totally. to to go forward and and also um you know demand not demanding money but you know um having to get you know i also yeah kind of demanding to get paid is uh, is a good thing also for your image almost because it does it, it mean it makes it clear that you are you have to be taken seriously uh, exactly you know, to you're a certain professional level. yeah professional, exactly. no i i i mean uh, this is not i'm not criticizing you here and of course i'm just saying it as a, as a general idea of mine or principle of mine because when i when i, I came here in germany five years ago and I was 23 and I came here when you go into university you have this Erasmus program I don't know if you have already heard about it where you can go for an exchange year abroad and you learn your own classes in another country in another university with another system and then um, I saw that uh, people like the students from from here from Germany they were stud they were studying and working in architectural offices and for me it was very overwhelming because 
in in Italy the 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 situation for architects is pretty disastrous. So mm. for me, it was like, oh my god, these guys must be super smart and super good because I wouldn't even imagine to work in a in an office. And then I realized they weren't that good. And I look look for a job, and I found one. And I was getting paid to do stuff that I was doing at the university for free, you know. So I was thinking, oh my god, I'm doing, I'm getting paid for for this, which I actually would. That do must for be a free. great feeling. Yeah. It was super great feeling, and then, um, and then in the end of the month, I got like, uh, you know, I got some. I think my first paycheck here for like part-time job was like 800 euros, <laughs> and, and I felt great. It's like uh, I don't need to. I I called my dad and I said, you know, I don't need money this month because I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. So it's it's. I, I mean, even if you don't need them. Money, take the money. This is my. Yeah, this take is my. Just this is it. my suggestion. Just this yeah, is my suggestion. Yeah. It's just the feeling, you know, because you do some. The creative people in every field, because, I mean, uh, you have listened to some podcasts, but I had I've had people that do, um, for example, visualizations, animations, uh, architecture, and they all very passionate about it because, and it looks to other people like a hobby. You know, it looks you're sketching something or you're just yeah. messing around, but it's a, a job because other people pay to the club where you where you're mixing to get into the club, so. Yeah. Don't be afraid to get. This is my just my personal yeah. advice for you. Uh, and I'll take and, it. Uh, and and um, I was uh, wondering. I always ask this to to my to my guests, and it's very open question. And I ask for a range. Um, when you do these uh, gigs, like what is the range of um, money that you can get paid? And be make it a range because I don't want, I don't want to you know. <laughs> Uh, make uh, counting your money well for now it has been for me uh, around 200 to to 300 uh, 350 maximum uh, euros which is amazing for a 17 year old uh, especially if you do more you know numerous uh, if you play on numerous occasions and um, yeah it just it just really increases your self-esteem because it even if there might be someone who's better than you, in the end, you know, you, you got paid. So it doesn't. It kind of blocks out all the problems, all the, the rest of the problems for for a moment, you know. So, yeah, money isn't just uh, the act of uh, of getting paid and being able to buy things. It's more of a sort of a psychological thing. Also for a seventeen year old who who might need that that you know self esteem help. Yeah, but also if you continue. They're really good money if you consider your in, in your case you're 17 so whatever you you get you just spend it on whatever you want you don't have to pay bills but also you know it's a it's for a couple of hours i guess or so it's it's a good deal uh, well okay I, I can add to this that it can even be i mean five hours uh even six hours there are people who even play 10 and get to paid this money which is totally correct because obviously there are people who worked hours and hours and get not even a tenth of that but um but the point is um, yeah that the that you just that in certain occasions you it's not even your you doing it for free it's almost you paying the 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 event 
to to put you into the schedule because there are certain discotheques which kind of abuse uh, this is every, everybody knows this so it's not like i'm exposing anyone um they kind of abuse the the, the new djs and they make them um sell tickets for them to play you know at a at an event for for an hour um basically when almost no one is there and you know they try to do it with me on basically five occasions and um <laughs> unluckily for them covid came so the events were canceled anyways yeah i mean and i guess that it's a tricky it's a tricky strategy because yeah um i think that is especially with you it's it's might might uh, have been for them you know very attractive and uh, i was mm-hmm. also myself very concerned before doing the podcast with you because you know uh, i didn't want it to i don't want it to to be like oh this is the the kid of some famous dj mm-hmm. and that's the you know the related thing and i think that these people who are doing this this um sort of scheme where you need to first pre-sell your tickets and then you can go and play and get paid for you for in for them you might have looked some some very some very attractive subject as as someone that of course i mean if they if they think you're gonna i mean i wouldn't sell my name <laughs> that easy for such people but whatever uh, yeah it's but when, kind of it's yeah it's, it's really tricky but i was thinking you said you played to the maldives where for example nobody knows you how how did you manage to play there did you go to the i guess you were in holiday and you said like hey guys i want to play it, it was it, it was um on new year's eve and it was as straightforward as them wanting a dj and me proposing myself uh in fact uh, they were so equipped that they had even the console that i had which be, almost no one has in my house so it was really straightforward surprisingly and i didn't expect it because uh before coming there i uh, i didn't have knowledge about any party even being there you know so it was uh, it was a great experience also because i had actors from uh even favino like for example dancing in front of me to my music and it was <laughs> For me, it was really funny and exciting at the same time, and I went to sleep really, really happy. Let's say so. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it, it it's it's funny. It's it's cool. And uh, you, where 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 else you have been? And I was wondering because you're like, of course, now you're 17, still underage, and when you were doing the events, you were. Uh, at least 17 or 16 how was that working in the clubs because i mean did they make you play like a little earlier or you could still yeah 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 yeah. it was late um they made me play earlier and also because i'm uh, there there are restrictions because of the age but it it was never really that much of a problem it's kind of a thing that you know they in some places some places they don't or they almost don't care that much so it's not always that much of a problem you know it's uh yeah it's easy as that to be honest and um is there an event where you were very excited to be part of or uh some event that was said that it's very remarkable for you uh yeah yeah there was one um 
if I remember correctly, it was at Magazzini Generali, uh, which is one which I unfortunately wasn't able to do. Uh, and it was, I, I should have played uh, at least, uh, I was about, I was organizing myself with a, with a, with an event organizer to play before Shiva, which is a very famous uh, rapper and one of the most famous rappers in, currently in, in Italy. And uh, no, before, I, I think after, because it makes more sense. Um, and anyways, Magazine Generali is one of the most important uh, uh, discotheques in Milan. So I was extremely excited for that. And then COVID came and basically wiped that event and another three events uh, from my schedule, which would have really led to my to my start, let's say, into the career, all done by myself. And, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, there are things, uh, sometimes, you know, you are put to the test and uh, things like the COVID came and it just kind of ruined the party for me. And, um, but I, I, I took it with... Uh, I, I didn't let myself too down, so I kind of used the quarantine just for practice. I practiced every day, and I came back ten times stronger than uh, than what I was before. And and I believe I needed the quarantine, for in fact. So you know, it's not always a bad thing, even as it's like with such an event being canceled. And um, do you? What I wanted to ask you is like. Um, do you have any? Do you feel any pressure before playing, like stage pressure or stage yes. panic? Yes, definitely. The thing is, the usually the the process is like this: uh, the 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 weeks before, prior to the event, you're told you have to play there. I mean, they want you to play there, so you say yes, and you're very excited. You start doing your sets. You're confident, and then the last two days before the 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 set getting a little anxious but you're still not into that actual anxiety and you know when it gets let's say to at six in the evening that you know that you have to play in like four or five hours that's when the 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 pressure really kicks in and i've always there hasn't been any like one time that i didn't want to to just leave you know because they're like it's kind of the, the, just there's so much pressure that you that one side of your of you just says leave just go just go away because it's too much but in the end you you convince yourself that you're you're just telling yourself nonsense and you go there and you do it because after uh let's say uh, 30 minutes of playing then you become confident enough and that's not a problem anymore so yeah, the anxiety is the let's say the the, the hours prior to the set and how how much how big was the biggest audience you've performed in front? Well, I mean, uh, in a, roughly, say, I don't need like the exact number. <laughs> uh, well, a hundred people. Uh, yeah, a hundred people. Also, because I haven't played in, in major events yet. Uh, as I said, I mean, I'm trying to do everything myself. To, but then, yeah, exactly. You were supposed to, but then. I try not to think about it because if I think about it too much, I'm gonna become frust like a frustrated person. You know, I it, that's not the the way to go. I have to take everything as a blessing instead of just a uh, just uh, the world being against me. You know, otherwise uh, that's that's putting myself in a bad position mentally. 
No, but there are way major problems that this one. I mean, yeah. Uh, I was thinking that, for example, because you know, I've gone through yourself. Like, I mean, I'm not. I'm older than you, but I'm still young enough to be very fresh in my, like, remembering the, your age when I was your age. And uh, many times I've uh, happened to think that, for example, in in Italy, especially, you can earn way better money by doing some like jobs like gigs events like you do because just you know it's um, an industry where really there is a cash flow because as i said people need to pay to get in so for example if you work as a barman for example in a, in a club it's you might get paid more than i don't know somebody that's working as an architect in italy um, but now that COVID kicked in, it's those people which were making good money suddenly were in a position which you cannot do anything about it, really nothing. You cannot do, I mean, you cannot Zoom, like work on Zoom doing cocktails, for example. It's just something yeah, that it's... It, obviously, because like you can't just open discotheques out of nowhere during such a global pandemic, you know, it, and that's kind of the mistake they did during the summer. I, I don't like to say it, but, you know, the, the whole entertainment world. Yeah, how do you do social distancing inside a discotheque or wear a mask? You know, no one's going to do it because they're all 17-year-olds who just want to have fun. And you can't tell a 17-year-old to not have fun, you know. Yeah, I was thinking about what happened in summer in Italy. For I mean, I, here I I don't know, but I think they never reopened the clubs since the first the first wave of of COVID. And then in Italy this happened. And uh, for example, I was also thinking the whole mechanics in the club because music is playing loud. So even if you keep social distance, like if you want to talk to someone, the 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 natural process to talk to somebody in a club is just get super closer. To, to their face yeah exactly into you their ear. get into their ear yeah exactly. so basically so if you have possible. covid you you give it take it whatever uh, but mm-hmm. i mean i mean i don't know i hope that i mean for sure uh i think that in in spring will be getting towards normal again because now they have the first vaccine and then um, then they need to distribute them, which is also mm-hmm. not so simple. Um, I'm sure you you're gonna you're gonna be you have time to prepare for your next uh, events and mm-hmm. create some interesting material. Have you? But have you ever thought to you know promote yourself on the internet, doing some mix like some live, some social media? Yeah, um, it's kind of. Um... With not being able to play, I've, um, these last months have been concentrated on on uh, on social media because even though I didn't actually, I put not many sets online, uh, like full sets, because uh, I kind of stayed more on what I'm gonna about to explain. Um, even though I didn't do them, I yeah, I I, I like for example, I created a, a page on Instagram called Elegance of Music, which illustrates all the the best uh, house music from from the 90s and maximum 2000s um which i which i really like so uh, it, it kind of it, it was a way to uh, as like a side hobby to to attract 
uh, enough attention. In fact, that page now, even though I don't put much attention on it, it still has uh, one point. Uh, uh, I mean, twelve hundred followers. So, you know, uh, I kind of had side hustles for for getting more attention while I couldn't w with with live events. In fact, I even posted videos on um, quick videos on on elegance of music with with me with me uh, uh, playing uh, scratching specifically, which for the ones who don't know is uh, basically the sound of like quicky quicky. You know, I don't know how to put it. Uh, <laughs> no, it's. I but... think uh, these people don't know what is scratching. They're not. They're not supposed to listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so yeah, I, uh, I did that because there wasn't really much more to do. Like, uh, in fact, I even saw many people. May, I mean, all DJs basically became uh, Instagram Live DJs out of nowhere, you know, or and things like that because. Obviously, there wasn't much more to do. You know, it's not like they're getting paid for it, but they still gotta remember people that they're still alive. You know, because otherwise, people forget about you and your image. And uh, yeah, it's it's a hard thing to um, to keep image while while in quarantine and things like that. But you know, you gotta find ways to do it. At least try. Well, I think you're you're um, still on the side. Where you focus on, you know, making people, you know, reminding of yourself. Probably the the most successful DJs also, you know, they miss also the, you know, the whole attention, the whole adrenaline, uh, uh, you know, shot they get by just, you know, being into crowds and people, uh, you know, seeking their presence there. So. I, I think that for performance people such as actors and uh, yeah, similar figures. This this uh, this whole situation is frustrating. Frustrating also maybe a little bit for their personal you know ego because they don't get. Hmm. Um, the yeah. I mean because the most successful. I mean it's very tragic to me for the people who are, uh, especially for the people who are in a in a that that was their like livings made out of. But they are mm -hmm. not in that top level where you mm. can actually afford so to that, stay off stage. Exactly, exactly. This is the problem because I mean it's a problem for everyone in the entertainment world who isn't at a level to maintain themselves, even though they don't do anything, and you know for a long time. And uh, like example for me, if I was a 25-year-old uh, who wouldn't have uh, his parents uh, by his side or anything or wouldn't have his parents with enough money to, to support him, you know, I, I what would I do, you know? Like, really. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, I'm not I mean, in that it, case. Yeah, but um, that's that's not a, <laughs> that's a good thing. I, I mean, I always, uh, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm um, myself, I don't come from from a very you know wealthy background, but I've never I've never been you know jealous of other people or seeking mm -hmm. for for money because uh, if you you will find always the solution and it's not the solution. You need to think about solutions and not think about what you don't have and what other people do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the 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 the. The road it kind of comes to you instead of you always having to search for for the route. You know, it's not always about you chasing uh, the thing. Sometimes it just happens. Uh, happens. You know, it, 
the kind of it meeting you, you know, your the career or an opportunity. But go and on. Sorry that, that I interrupted you. Now, no, no, you. I interrupt because the people don't know we we're not seeing each other. We're talking through Skype, but just um, just audio. So it's very hard to understand when somebody's uh, about to stop or keep talking. So that's why sometimes it happens. Um, but I was thinking uh, you, you are currently, you told me before in our chit chat before the podcast that you're uh, in Spain for, you know, completing your last two years of school. Um, have you had like, uh, I mean, of course you you mix, you, you play with your new schoolmate. Do you have new schoolmates there or the same from back home? Oh, no, they're completely new there. And... To going back to the COVID situation, you know, being a new student, especially me, who have always been in the same school, because uh, I've always been in the same English school in Milan, and so I had always the opportunity to stay with the same people from all, all my life. Uh, being new, in a, not in a different city, but in a, new, in a different country, and with COVID, uh, that blocks your face with a mask and, uh, and, uh, and everything, and social distancing... It's been really hard to make uh, connections, you know. So the social life has been a really, really challenging, you know, to to make new friends and and everything, you know. And also, if we want to take it for uh, from a DJ perspective, you know, it's kind of like a, a guy telling you that he's a DJ while he's wearing a mask it doesn't really sound that cool. And also, I have to wear a uniform here, like like really classy uniform so that's that's uh that kind of changes the game you know you have to take it much more slowly with people yeah so you haven't had occasion any if, so far to to play your music to to your new uh schoolmates or somebody had to has have have had the occasion to to uh, hear something uh well <laughs> uh i was asked just a few days ago that uh, to play but I mean, he, people here they they're aware of the police. Be, I mean, specifically the police in Spain being um, very very strict. So there there's no way even illegally, let's say to and I don't promote it. So uh, to, to play music, you know, as a DJ, because even here it's uh, at least before, and I'm not aware. I don't know now, but it, the, the situation was much worse than in. You know, I think they're uh, on the same level, kind of. But you know, uh, yeah, no, the, the, I haven't got the opportunity to to do so. Even though prior to coming to here, when I thought that the COVID situation was ended, I brought my console to my room specifically because I thought that I was gonna be able to play at events. And it's a mobile uh, console; it's a very easy to transport console because I thought I was gonna play at people's houses and everything. You know. But in the end, uh, I guess not. But I still do practice every day in uh, in my room, even though my roommate doesn't like it that much. But it's his problem. <laughs> but uh, don't you? Can you play with like headphones so just you hear it, or you, yeah, you like yeah, to yeah. be loud? <laughs> yeah, I like to be loud, but um, unfortunately, I have to put my headphones on. And with the headphones, it kind of. Uh, after a while, you, you kind of start being dizzy and everything because the music keeps on going really deep into your, into your into your ears, and it's really not the same thing because 
DJing, you need a speaker, like an outside sound and an inside sound. You know, it's uh, it's kind of hard playing, but uh, it it's not the same thing to just DJ with with uh, with headphones. And uh, is your is your is your roommate also from Italy or somewhere uh, somewhere else? And uh, how is your how are your schoolmates very international? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The students are uh, well. In the last uh, school that I went to in Milan, they were much more international. Here, they're basically all Spanish, apart from some Chinese, some uh, some Americans, some French, uh, uh, one Italian, fortunately, and. Um, And my roommate is uh, is American, but he's he's very good company. Fortunately, uh, I was very lucky to have him instead of others that seem to hate me here. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I'm asking you because, for example, I had I've had the same experience as you did with the international students when I came here, because the first we arrived here in September 2016, 15. Sorry, 15 September 2015, and the first month and a half, I was only with international people from everywhere. I mean, I had some um, university mates from Italy with me, but the first month, I was like, oh, I want, I have finally the chance to explore an international environment because I don't know how is Milan, but Rome, it's not international as might Milan be because it's you know it's very far away from the border and it's all surrounded by water. So yeah, yeah, it's also geographical. So yeah, so for me, it was very interesting to be one month and a half only with people which I've never believed I'm gonna meet, like from Denmark, Finland, the US, Korea, everywhere. But after a month, it was very hard because you have to deal with every single different culture. Because, for example, uh, I have this story I, I, I once. Like the second time I've met some Danish girls, I kiss them on the cheek because this is how we do it in Italy to say hi. But this is not how you do it here in, in Denmark. So they were super, you know, flushed. And, <laughs> Should and have thought of that. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't think because for me, I'm, I was from yeah, Rome and, and we do it like this. That's the way yeah. we do it. Yeah. On the other side, for example. Yeah. On the other side, Spend. I mean, at least in Italy, you say hi. And nice to meet you the first time and then you kiss them when you leave. Spanish people are, for example, they kiss you right away even they never met you before. Mm. So it was so hard to, you know, to assess to the different cultures. And yeah. after a month, I was back to my Italian crew. So do you have this uh, similar experience in Spain with your schoolmates or you don't have so uh, much interactions now? No, no, I do have... It. I mean, I... Even though it was a slow process, I now I'm kind of friends with a lot of people. But it's still such a problem. Not it's kind of because of COVID and everything. I hate talking about COVID because we almost talk only about that uh, in these times. But uh, because of COVID, you know, it's uh, it's really hard to there. There's no almost no cultural boundaries physically. You know, it's uh, uh, but from from an let's say like a speaking perspective. Like uh, the, 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 here in the school, they just all speak Spanish, so it's really hard to to get into you know um, like groups of people, like they just get like actually into their group of friends because you don't they're, you're kind of an obstacle to them, you know, communicating. So you know, it's uh, 
it's hard because uh, you know I'm used to an international uh, environment where everyone's very international, so they all speak in English or or if they have any other people from their Hello? country, you know they. Yeah, you were you stopped for a second, but now it was all ah, fine. Okay. I hope the recording will be will be fine. I, I thought because once in one podcast uh, we were recording and the connection died, so it was like dead. Ah. And it was like an online recording, and I hope that it recorded, <laughs> and luckily <it> did. <laughs> right. It was also the guest was pretty important to me, and then, but it's all fine. I mean, I I I, I didn't didn't hear like two seconds. Um, and how is your situation now in Spain Uh, are you completely completely locked down or you can just go out or Uh, um, the lockdown here the lockdown situation here is much better than than the one in in Milan in Italy or in general in Italy Um, because here we can go almost where we want it's just that the city of Madrid where I'm situated right now is um, is divided into barrios, into areas, which uh, into neighborhoods, which some neighborhoods are confined while others are not, um, and it's kind of like a selective quarantine around the city instead of around the country. Uh, it's it's a different process, I, a different system, but I, I'm still free to go to to the center of Madrid. There's so many people everywhere. It's uh, it really doesn't make uh, much like I, I really don't see the difference from a normal day that I'd have apart from the lack of tourists. Mm. Yeah, well, here we're living the the second um, wave with a mm. soft lockdown, which means uh, yeah. everything is open a part of the restaurants, but it's also kind of scary because Frankfurt is like really like really looks. Uh, it's a New York in a small scale, and downtown a lot of shops are closing, and it's that's that's a little scary because big companies are closing their shops. So we'll see what's gonna happen. I think it's it has become the new. I mean, somehow people got used to live with it anyway. So I I just don't even like follow it that much anymore. I just respect the. I just follow the rules which are set and go with it it's the new normal um but i guess that uh, for you for you must have been harder because of the live event um that has been canceled um uh, but- yeah no i i just want to say that it's much more of a problem for people who own restaurants or actual people who are really involved completely into the entertainment world for me it's, it's a pain in the butt that's it you know i just want to say this so I I don't want to to take you away any longer from your uh, now it's Wednesday well, no it's Tuesday um, Thursday evening so um, so the I always uh, in the end of the of a podcast every time I tell I give this little you know this little stage which is this podcast for my guests to shout out themselves so people who has listened to this podcast now are for sure curious to go and listen more um, of your uh, mixes and production you have done so you can you can shout out where can people find more about you and of course i'll attach everything in the description of the of the podcast all right so um on instagram if you search duapo underscore most hated uh, my my account should uh, come up 
the one with a with a profile picture of a uh, of a face, um, in in grey color, uh, and in the link there in the in the description, you're gonna find also the to my to my secondary account for DJing, which is specifically for DJing, where you can find my videos um, called Elegance of Music, and it's in the description. So you just have to search up Duapo underscore Most Hated. That's very cool. I suggest all the people you have listened, Michele, his uh, very cool young DJ. So go check it out. And if you want to support the show because you like it and it's brought for you to you for free, you just can go on Instagram at TCI Podcast or on Facebook or LinkedIn, The Creative Insider. Uh, follow, like, share with your friends. If you listen to any platform where you can subscribe. Or give a good rate, good at, do that because it's um, a good reward for for the work. And so, Michele, to you, thank you very much for accepting my invitation. Oh, and, thank uh, you. Whenever there there will be your first event after after this pandemic, you can come back and we can shout it out here. Sure, I hope soon. I really thank you for for this opportunity. You're very welcome. So have a good evening. Bye bye. You too.